Welcome to Headroom, where we discuss all things essential to mental health and well-being. I'm your host, Jim Owens, a licensed professional counselor at Lansing Community College. Before we begin, I'd like to emphasize that this podcast does not constitute psychotherapy. It does, however, introduce you to some phenomenal people who have incredible ideas for you and your life. Having said that, let's get into the headroom today and begin today's conversation with Felipe Lopez Sustaida, Associate Dean of Support Services at LCC. Welcome. Thank you so much, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here today with you. I appreciate you coming on and I know you have a professional training and background in mental health and maybe we'll get into that a little bit, but I'm just excited for students and the rest of the community to hear a little bit about you, your journey into college, how you persisted and what you've learned, gleaned from your own life and working with people in many different places and on different continents, kind of what's essential for mental health. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So if Felipe Lopez Ustaita, I am uh, the youngest of eight. I, uh, my parents, I'll just mention them so that they, yeah. you know, they're in the space as well. Felipe Lopez Rocha and Magdalena Lopez Ustaita. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were both born in San Luis Potosí, this, this village called Conchas Concepcion. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the beginnings for us, right? And mm-hmm. um, my father was a bracero. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Jim, I'm not. No, tell me. These are the folks that back when World War was happening, yeah. they needed workers, right? Because a lot of the men went to, to fight the yeah. war. And so they needed um, workers to work the fields. And so okay. my father was mm. was brought here and um, he worked as a young man, I think as, wow. as young as 17, 18. Wow. And so those those are kind of my beginnings. And, you know, obviously we were in, in a lot of poverty in, in Mexico. Mm. So that's why we all came to this country in search of a better life yeah. to, to America. I'm just in search of a better life yeah. in America. So that's kind of... Um, kind of in a nutshell, who, who, you know, where I come from. Yeah. Um, but I was a migrant worker, right? So farm workers, we move Tennessee, Georgia, Michigan. Yeah. And so we just work the fields. Um, yeah. And that's kind of, you know, in a nutshell, kind of who I am. You're still working the fields. It's just the fields are, yes. they're not agricultural, they're academic. Yes. <laughs> I think and their students is the harvest or their futures. I think it's important that you highlighted your roots and you started with the roots of your family. I, I think sometimes, and I, I won't speak for everyone, but I, largely in American culture, we're looking forward, not necessarily back. Here's what I want to achieve. Here's what I want. Here's my dream that we're all working on the American dream, if you will. But your American dream that you have realized, you're an author, you have a PhD, you've excelled in many ways. Um, you're rooted in something, though, and to highlight your roots. Yes. How important is roots to you? And do you think it sh- kind of other people should pay attention to that a little bit? Yeah, I think for me, uh, you know, when people ask me, hey, do you feel like you've made it, right. all this stuff, or how do you do all these stuff? Because it's really, really difficult. Yeah. I always go back to my why, mm-hmm. right? So th- that's the reason I started with how I started. Mm-hmm. My why is is my family, my ancestors, right? Yeah. And and I am looking to the future. I, I, everything I do is for my grandkids that I haven't even met, right? Right. So, but I'm kind of in the middle, right? I'm I'm very focused on where I come from, and of course where I'm where I'm going because everything is for my my children now, yeah. and for a better better life for my grandkids. So it, it's super important to me. Um, that's why I never. I never start with titles or yeah. or this because we're all human, right? At the end of yeah. the day. I think society judges so many people based on success, mm-hmm. and and sometimes we overlook 
the folks that do not have that degree, but they have life experience. Oh, right? yeah. And so with with mental health, you know, I am I am a social worker like and I've always been even before I had the title. Yeah. But this book that was very uh, it was an amazing book by Viktor Frankl. Yeah. Um, uh, Man Search. I can't man search for meaning for meaning. Yes. And he, you know, he talks about how, when you don't have a lot of stuff like a job or something that can create like barriers in your mind. And so that, that was very powerful to me because I think people think of status and all this as like success, but that's not really the way I look at the world. Yeah. I think you probably would define it more in terms of purpose. Purpose. Yes. You could be, you know, there's people taking risk every single day, right? Yeah. Like they show up to our campus. Yeah. And um, I, I tell you and I tell the rest of our staff that when I see somebody come in, mm-hmm. th- they might have all these barriers, but I see like Nobel Prize winners. I see yeah. future governors. I see future state representatives. Yeah. And so to me, that purpose mm-hmm. is, is bigger than, than mm-hmm. anything, right? Mm-hmm. And so that mindset of like... Um, hmm. Yeah, that like that's super important mm-hmm. to me, and that's what mm-hmm. I bring to the world is like hope, mm-hmm. right? One word, it's hope. Yeah, that is the word I most associate with you. And actually, when we were preparing to walk over here for the podcast, you said, "Do I need to bring anything with me?" And I said, "You remember yeah, what yeah, I said? Yeah. I said just bring your spirit of hope." I think that's what you're known for. Yeah, yeah the hope. It kind of precedes you. Yeah, yeah. I think your 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 vision is to build a better world, not only for your children and grandchildren, but through education, through working at the school here for everybody who, who can come and put some effort in and we will meet them. I, yes. I, you're probably like me. I don't say we'll meet you halfway. I'll meet you 90% yes. of the way. <laughs> yeah. I'll come all the way to the edge. Yeah. We'll go you know? out of our way, right. To right. meet you where you're at. Right. Um, and, and that's, that's what's unbelievable about our staff, Jim, mm-hmm. is that we literally will go out of our way yeah. to make sure that your needs are met right yeah, and, yeah. and you did something um i don't know if you remember this i was in mm. the front desk and you um you said yeah i have waters right oh yeah and fr- from that um because it had been in my oh, heart like yeah. we need we need to give more mm-hmm. to our students and so we started put, you know filling out got a re- little refrigerator yeah. with waters it goes a long way <laughs> right simple desk, yeah. simple things like that like of basic necessity somebody might be thirsty or feeling certain way yeah. and they get a, a, a drink of water like yeah you know simple simple hospitality yeah and we were talking earlier about we have a, a very um wide variety of types of students if you will we have great diversity on campus yes. here but i know the thing you hone in on with everybody is just you zero right in on the dignity of the human person yes. you look past and not beyond but you look deeper into the core of every person as you said like somebody rolling up to our desk or anybody on campus, I know you see them as the future leaders of our yes. of our society. And I think that's how you, if I didn't know you, I would say you're so hospitable on campus. It's like maybe you have a degree in hospitality, but in fact, you have a degree in social work and other things. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about your college journey, because you have come by economic standards a long way, right? Yes. From poverty. Um, we don't have, you, you can tell your, what of your story you want, but I know, I know the stories of migrant workers in America and they live on dirt floors for much of their life and they are not, um, they don't have access to education. So the fact that you've gone from that place all the way to a doctorate and an influencer, a leader on a college campus, tell us a little bit about how you got started in college. And then I'm curious about what the difficulties were in that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For migrant workers, for those folks that aren't, that are listening to us, 
Latinos in general have a low graduation rate, mm. but it's even higher for migrant workers because we move so much that yeah. we don't, we're not in school that much. So my journey, yeah. you know, I couldn't read or write um, coming into college. Um, wow. It was just so terrible. Yeah. Um, but but I had a work ethic that was unbelievable, right? And I think that's what got me. Yeah. And I always share this story because um, it just shows you that it doesn't matter where you come from. Mm. I remember being dropped off at college with two trash bags, right? And yeah. and uh, my roommate from West Bloomfield um, had a full truck full wow. of everything, right? TV, refrigerator, loft, wow. everything. And I here you have me who had never slept in a bed, and and I slept in floors my entire yeah. childhood, and so just setting the stage like it's like uh, it, it was my faith really that got me through. There's nothing yeah. nothing else that I can attribute to to my success but just getting there showing up to class everybody laptops and i i don't even have the necessary tools to compete yeah but i think um my parents you know gave me faith and hard work yeah and and the humility to uh to be able to be successful so they they gave me the tools and um I graduated in four years. You know, I, I don't know how how that's even possible when you're you're so behind. Yeah. Um, but I worked hard, right? And yeah. and there was a lot of tears, a lot of you know scars that I still wear from from the difficulties yeah. of being in class and and not feeling like I belong. Um, and you know, with some of the smartest people, you know, that might have gone to boarding schools, that might have gone sure. to really good public schools. But again, none of that really matters. I think when you have faith yeah. and, and you also have your why, like, why are you there? Yeah. Because it is going to get hard. But um, that kind of determination of, mm. of doing this, what kind of got me. What, what would you have said if I would have caught you as a young man of 20 or 21 and I said, hey, why are you doing this? What would you have answered back then? Maybe it's the same answer now, but what was your why while you were in college? Yeah. And my why was different, right? Like, yeah. Um, at that point, when I came to college, my sister Myra was a, a student. She was a, a junior. And um, my parents basically sent me to go take care of her. Yeah. So my why was just to get through so Myra could graduate. And then my oh, plan was to wow. go back home, right? Wow. So this was never the plan It wasn't for even me. for yourself. No, oh it, it, was, it was like a, an order. My dad and mom said, hey, go. Yeah. Um, I, I even graduated early, Jim. I graduated in three years. So wow. I was 16 years old My with, goodness. with, with not, not, not because I was like super smart. Graduated high school early. Yeah. Graduated so early. that you could get to college to, to get, watch get over your sister. Yep. And wow. so my why, that was my why is to, to just, but I didn't even take care of Myra. You know, Myra was the one taking care of me. Yeah. Um, but what happened is my dad passed my, mm. my, my sophomore year. That was devastating. It was yeah. probably the, one of the worst setbacks of my life. But I also wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, for that experience. Really? Because um, I was very antisocial. I didn't have any friends last two years. Okay. Um, I was kind of a loner. Mm -hmm. um, I had a mission to, to be there. Yeah. But when my dad passed and I was in Mexico, I saw so many people, mm. heard so many stories of how amazing he was. And I wow. knew he was amazing because yeah. nobody had to tell me. But what he was doing outside, like mm -hmm. providing funds for people to wow. to like survive, taking them clothing, yeah. um, everything. He was like a superhero. Wow. And um, and so that, that was life-changing. And then I'm trying to fill his shoes now, right? Yeah. Like, 
my why changed after that. Yeah. Like, I promised him that I would get the highest degree, did it not knowing what that meant. Wow. You know, and so that's why when you have that kind of why, you there's no way you can fail. Yeah. Those strike me as particularly personal and powerful whys compared to, and I don't really mean to knock some of the other whys I've heard, but we both met students who show up and they go to college because they want to get rich. Yeah. Or in some cases they want to get a credential so they can become a celebrity or something. It's kind of superficial, although there can be really deep whys behind why they want those things. Mm -hmm. But on the superficial level, those I don't think drive students hard enough probably or motivate them strong enough to really persist mm -hmm. in college. I think what you're describing is a connection to your family and then a desire to carry on a legacy because your father had started a legacy yes, and it impacted hundreds and by them thousands of people. And I think that's probably what your why is more now today. Yes. Is, is that right? And it's like a, um, like I'm, I'm a farmer, right? And you, you, you yeah. earlier, you talked about that. I, I planted seeds, like literally tobacco, strawberries. Yeah. Literally planted seeds. And we see the, the fruit and vegetable and we pick it. Yeah. And, and it's an unbelievable, I mean, that's like, like a God thing, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the creation and the whole development and, and it has to do with the soil, with the water, how much it rains. Um, and so you translate to what we do now, right? And it's planting seeds in, in mm. students, it's mm -hmm. planting seeds in, in anybody that is, is near me. Like I'm entrusted with that. Like yeah. people are like flowers or like seeds. Yeah. And uh, there's this amazing quote that one of my, my, my friends said, in order to understand the flower, you must study the seed, right? And mm. and there is seeds that even grow in cracks of concrete yeah. that can can be successful. And I think that's my philosophy when they come in here to us. Yeah. It doesn't matter if if people call it a bad seed or a good seed. Like yeah. if if you put the right pieces, they're mm -hmm. gonna bloom, right? Or where that seed got rooted, where it got started, you know, yes. you can you can't have a beautiful flower grow from a crack in the sidewalk, if you will, That's rather right. than fertile soil, if you will. That's right. I think you and I both work really hard to try to make LCC fertile soil for people, yes. for students. Yes. Um, but we know they're coming to us from not good soil. Let's put it that way. They're coming from really rough backgrounds, mm -hmm. home life, um, neighborhoods, etc. So what have you I think you've shared a little bit here too. What I like to ask people is what stopped you from almost graduating from college and how did you get through it? But it sounds like there were lots of things. So I don't know if you want to expand on that any further, but was there a point in your mind? There probably wasn't where you said, I, I'm not going to finish. You, oh you, yeah. All the time. Jim. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All the time, Jim. And I, I experienced uh, so much, you know, people, t you know, telling me uh, that I didn't belong or, or, you know, there's so much, so much uh, doubt, you know, especially yeah. when you can't call somebody and say, because a lot of people in my community hadn't done it right. And yeah. I'm trying to do something that that hasn't been done. And so luckily okay. I had good mentors that okay. kind of said, go back in there, keep fighting. But it's uh, it's a lonely place. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, you hear this thing of it's less crowded at the top and yeah. it is less crowded, but it is also very lonely. Yeah. You know, it's a very lonely place. I think what what's kept my my mental and everything mm -hmm. is that I'm so connected to the people at the bottom too. Mm -hmm. You know, and I I don't forget my why. Yeah. And I think that's that's important. Wow. You know. Well, you're you're pointing out to me here that here I've made the mistake of seeing somebody on the outside who's so positive and hopeful and courageous uh, and daring <laughs> and then assuming it must be easy for you. <laughs> 
because that's just kind of my read. But of course it wasn't. I'm sure you faced all kinds of discrimination, first yes. of all. For those of you who aren't seen on the vodcast, you can probably tell from Felipe's name, he's, he's not um, he's non-white. Yeah. So being in a large city full of white students and other people, I don't know how much external racial discrimination you faced in school, but I'm sure it was um, a yes. factor as well. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And as as farm worker, right, I, I saw so many so many things you know yeah. i think one of the the biggest one that that still to this day hurts me is um and me and my sisters talk about mm-hmm. it but we were all working in coloma michigan mm-hmm. and um my dad was already sick he was probably mm-hmm. in in his late 50s mm-hmm. um and we were working hoeing you know so I, for yeah. those of you listening the we weren't using the the long one we were using a small one so on okay. your on your knees yeah. 100 degrees weather and um and this farmer like my dad was already throwing up in the field and he was so mean to him he was so rude to my dad like it still hurts me uh thinking about i still probably cry because i couldn't defend them you know as an eight nine year old so now i have an obligation that if i see somebody being mistreated or something it's it's a no-brainer i'm gonna step in and i'm gonna um be a voice you know and i think i've tried to do that throughout my 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 career you know mm-hmm. just being a voice when even if it, if you're in a table of 12 mm-hmm. and you're the only one going up against everything mm-hmm. i still have because of that experience i have the mm-hmm. the willingness to engage mm-hmm. you know and speak up it's like you make sometimes we use this phrase interval like you made an interval at some point as a young man i will never let anyone first of all you would have never let anyone speak to your father that way again yes. you would without intervening in some way yeah. But since he's passed now, you, you've taken that charge on for any person. Yeah. I will not I will not stand idly by. And of course, you were a seven-year-old yeah. boy. What could you have done? But I won't stand by while someone is being disparaged, humiliated. Yeah. I won't dig deep into it. But I can just picture how brutal oh, uh, yeah, migrant was... farmers are treated. How brutally, yeah. Yeah. And no, that, 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 that's it's traumatic, right? And yeah. we're talking about mental health and everything. Yeah. Like... I, I wouldn't have been able to share that if I didn't write it, right? Like, so yeah. in writing my book, mm-hmm. it was healing. It was like, it was, um, I mean, it took like 10, 15 years to write that thing, mm-hmm. but it was through tears. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I would write, maybe I wrote that passage and I couldn't write for two years mm-hmm. um, because it was so deep, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, you know, for anybody listening, like we all have trauma, generational mm-hmm. trauma, mm-hmm. And it's okay. It's it. It shouldn't define who we are. We just have to find ways to heal, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes talking to a therapist mm-hmm. helps. Sometimes writing, journaling. Yeah. I mean, there's various methods of doing that. <laughs> so maybe one thing you wouldn't recommend is doing what you did the first couple of years of college, which is isolating. Yes, that's probably exactly 180 degrees from where. I, 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 dare, I will dare say where we need to go. That sounds a little prescriptive because sometimes we need to isolate to protect ourselves. That, that is yeah. also a, it is a strategy and it can yeah. save our lives sometimes. But in the end, it needs to be, you need to turn around and go toward other people. Yeah. And, that and, and you know, sometimes you don't have the tools, right? Like w- yeah. there's people that don't have the tools. Like, I mean, I'm very different than I was back in when, when I was younger. Yeah. I know so much more now. Yeah. But um, I've heard of the law of attraction, right? You mm. attract whatever energy yeah. you put out. Yeah. And so I was attracting all, anybody that looked at me, I thought, you know, I wanted to fight. I'm like, yeah. oh, they're looking at me kind of like, like despicable, right? Yeah. So it was that trauma. Yeah. Um, now, if somebody looks at me a certain way, I just, 
I, I don't internalize it. I'm like, okay, it's it's just they're having a bad day. Um, yeah. I feel I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you you now have sympathy. Sympathy. Empathy, yeah. You have sympathy because you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think hopefully that is a transition that people make from that quick snap judgment that leads to anger into when someone's acting out, even like this farmer who's disparaging your dad or others, it's pitiable really, isn't it? Yeah. It's a pitiable thing to have to, that you are stooping so low to speak to another human being that way or whatever, yeah. that we have sympathy and not anger, but it's sort of a righteous sympathy. Like you need healing. Yeah. And we don't know, right. What people go through. I mean, every yeah. single day. Right. And I, and we, as we were walking over here, I told yeah. you like, even if people are mean to me, like I'll just give them the other cheek, right? Like yeah. I, I just, uh, I don't know what people are going through, and so yeah. having that that sympathy and and mm-hmm. and understanding, mm-hmm. um, and again, I don't know everything about leadership, but what I do know is that humans are our most valuable asset in this whole planet, and yeah. so if we don't treat them right, yeah. we don't treat our kids right, um, then we we're we're losing a huge mm-hmm. opportunity. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, you know, humans are everything. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, you know this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not just saying mm-hmm. this. You, mm-hmm. you see it every day with, with us working together. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, and even with students, right? Like they're so valuable yeah. asset to our community here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm zooming back out a little bit and noticing this conversation is a lot about mindset, about your mindset in particular and how you've cultivated that in a certain direction. And I think when you were a young man, you can look back and see like your mindset was determined and focused and you probably were going to, you could have conquered anything at that point in your life. But your mindset now is one of, it's softer somehow. Your mindset yeah. is softer, more flexible, more open, more loving and forgiving. Could yes. I say that? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I wanted to fight everybody, right? Yeah. I, I was so angry. I was so angry at the discrimination. Yeah. I was so angry at how they treated us in school. Yeah. Um, I was just angry. I mean, and when you're working, you know, the 16, 18 hour shifts as a 12 year old and your back is all busted and yeah. your body's all hurt. Yeah. And, um, and I realized that we were just so dispensable. Like they could mm-hmm. just get rid of us. Mm, yeah. Like, how can you not? And it's okay to be angry. Yeah. Um, but at some point, um, I, if I had that attitude, I wouldn't be where I'm at either. Yeah. You, you know, that, that requires growth and sometimes pain, right? When yeah. I lost my father and I lost my brother and I lost family mm-hmm. along the way at a very young age, like that, you know, there's a pivotal point where you can grow, have a yeah. mind grow yeah. or, or just cave in and, and continue to have that mentality. So I'm going to press you if I can a little for a how. And we have a few more minutes left, but what could you say to, to people listening? Because I think people would be desirous of moving on to a more healthy li- mindset. I think many people who are walking out angry are not happy being that angry. Yes. How did you make that pivot? Yeah, I think, um, like I said, I think once I I had something to live for, mm. you know, because I, I would probably be working right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know exactly where I would be right now, probably working the same route okay. that all my my entire oh, life did yeah. forever my family yeah, yeah. so I, I would probably be doing that um, but for those people that are angry that are not happy try to figure out why what what is your why right mm-hmm. like what what and then have some some goals some dreams right mm-hmm. even if they seem impossible mm-hmm. I think that um, 
you know, you could have the best education, you can have the best everything, yeah. but if you don't have a direction, you're going to end up lost. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, w- I would recommend that, mm. that you hold on to something. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and then invest in yourself, like whether it's reading, whether it's mentoring, getting folks that can, can help you. Um, Cause it's hard to get out of it on your own. You, yeah. you need, you need support. Yeah. And, and for those, you know, people that come to our college, we have so many resources, you know, That's this true. gym, like we have so many great people here. Yeah. We, I mean, I'm not going to name them all, but mm-hmm. you know, especially in, in, um, student affairs, mm-hmm. West campus, all of our mm-hmm. prom people want to help you. Yeah. Um, all you have to do is look for it, ask for it. Mm-hmm. And, and we will, we'll help you through that journey. So, I think just locking in into what is that that you want to accomplish and then find the resources. We're here. Yeah. We're here to help. And so I think that, that I would say that just have a goal and then go after it. Right. Yeah. Like whether people laugh at you or it, it doesn't matter. I always think of um, of uh, and I don't mean to get all spiritual or anything, okay. but like Noah. Yeah when he built that ark and mm-hmm. everybody laughed at him and, right and there's like there's no water <laughs> right there's no the, rain there's the no desert. rain clouds yeah yeah you're in the <laughs> desert what are you doing man building uh, a giant ship yeah, yeah. but when you have th- that's kind of how it feels like i'm i'm, I'm obeying to my mm-hmm. my life and mm-hmm. and regardless of who laughs or who supports or who doesn't like, yeah. i'm gonna k- stay focused you're gonna stay focused yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe i'll wrap this up and i'll put i'll put in the show notes for our listeners uh, links to victor frankel's book man's search for meaning yes. And then maybe also uh, a link to Simon Sinek, who talks about why yeah, in the context why. of the Golden Circle. So if you want to learn more about those, but Victor Frankl was the, the gentleman, you, uh, he was a psychiatrist who wrote yes. Man's Search for Meaning after he came out of the Holocaust oh as God. a Jewish Holocaust survivor. And he survived in the concentration camps, both Dachau and Auschwitz. He was a physician and he, while he was there, he said, I'm not going to die because it's my job to keep people alive. Right. And sometimes that meant he was cutting an aspirin tablet that he would find into four pieces and going through a bunkhouse of 100 men deciding who gets a quarter of an aspirin today. But his why kept him alive and, and created this massive philosophy we use in psychotherapy called logotherapy. But yeah, thank you for sharing that. That why is so important. And we'll link some information to that in the show notes. And as you hi- highlighted, you know, if, if students want one-on-one help with counseling to help find their why or any support, please come to our office. LCC offers, you know, for currently enrolled students, we offer free one-on-one counseling. It's personal. It's confidential. It's not a part of your student record. And you can learn more at lcc.edu slash counseling. So thank you, Felipe, for coming and talking with us. I really appreciate that. No, thank you so much, Jim, for the opportunity. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time on The Headroom, everyone.